Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. Praise God. We're going to go somewhere to help you. We're going to go somewhere to help you in your faith. And um, faith is how you do transactions with heaven. Yeah, well, she said that's good. It is good. And if you don't transact with faith, heaven won't recognize you. If you do not transact with faith, heaven will not recognize you. It will not, the angels will not respond to you. The name of Jesus um, is not available. The power of God is not available um, without faith. And tonight, I'm going to talk to you about a term I heard Dr. Thompson say, Dr. Leroy Thompson. He was at, uh, I don't know if y'all saw this, he was at uh, Bill Winston's church, and he was talking about ownership faith. So I'm going to say that again, ownership faith. But I'm not going to use the scripture he used, but you should watch that and use the scriptures he used. I'm using these scriptures because I got to make my own work. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you got to make your own. Whatever you use, it better work. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Because if, if, if you don't transact with faith, then heaven will not recognize you if you don't use faith in your everyday living. And faith is not faith unless it's everyday living. And faith is how every word comes out of your mouth. Faith is based on every word and how it comes out of your mouth. Faith is also your actions and what you do. Amen. Faith is a lifestyle. Amen. It, it is the culture of heaven. It's the culture of heaven. That's why people in the earth struggle with it. And I'm going to show you that in the word too. Only one out of four will really practice ownership faith. How do you know that? Because of the soul of the seed. He said there'll be some that neglect the word. There'll be some that live and get offended because of the word. And then there'll be some that will be too busy for the word. And the cares of this life and the news is six and ten. Sucks every 24-hour news, breaking news. They know more about the news than they know about their faith. Then he said there'll be that one in an honorable, that's why honor is so important, and in a good heart, they keep the word, and it brings forth fruit some 30, 60, 100-fold. So faith is manifesting we can say we've already said it, whatever, what is, is manifesting what is already yours. And we're manifesting, now we can say what we own. Now, I ask you to turn to Romans because we're going to read that you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ because Dr. Thompson made this statement, ownership of faith is owning what God owns. It owns what his own. That's the statement he made that I grabbed a hold to. It's owning what God owns. Well, Romans chapter 8 has been telling us that. We've been preaching that for years. 
it is a new phrase, but the doctrine of ownership has always been there. We've always taught you not trying to get him to do it. It's already done because it's already yours. But you need to, but it is a great term because now it's letting you know that you're an owner. You're an owner of healing. You already you own it. It's yours. You're an owner of peace. You're an owner of joy. But unless you practice a faith lifestyle, then you can live with without you with without what you own. You can live without it. Because faith is the lifestyle of ownership in the kingdom. And most people don't live by faith. They're not word people every day. They're not word people. The word of Christ don't dwell in them. Sometimes they're right in here when I'm preaching, don't hear a word I say. Don't hear a word I say. Well, if, if they're here. And it happens all the time. That's why one out of four get it. If your mind is somewhere else while we're teaching this, then you in the number three category. The cares of this life got your mind right now. You in the number three bunch. I'm sowing seed, but you didn't hear it. Amen. You in the number three bunch. That's why the Bible says you have to diligently hearken. You have to, you know, Dr. Jacob said, when people are preaching, I look at them. I want to see their lips moving so that I can get what they're saying. When people attention all off and things like this. And if you ever on the cell phone texting anybody, you a trip. And you're a dishonorable person. I'm going to tell you that. Dishonorable to the word of God. That you somewhere else while we in here. And you can do that with electronics. Now when I use it, I'm in the word of God. I will never answer a text. Or go to some Google, browse some website while my pastor's preaching. If I'm using electronics to... Um, uh, to record the service. I, I look you because all my all Dr. Jacob's sermons are on my phone. Because I can copy and paste and put it over there. But if you texting somebody else, you're a disrespectful person. And you in the number three category. Obey them that have rule over you. That's ownership faith too. It's in the same ownership. You own that too. Obey them that have rule over you own that too. Keep your clothes on. No fornication. You own that too. See, people want to own the blessing, but they don't want to own everything. Ownership faith, because he didn't cover this. Amen. That's why I'm covering this. Ownership faith is owning everything. It's not jumping up shouting because we're talking about houses. It's not jumping up shouting talking about we, this is our year. That's not what gets people out of the number four group. It's the other three things that keep people from having manifestations. You're going to have to own the whole thing. You got to own all of it. Love one another. You got to own, you own that too. And you can't disown that and say, then I'm going to grab my healing and I'm going to get the blessing. No, you got to own the whole thing. Amen. Praise God. If you're going to own the house, you got to own cleaning the house. You got to own fixing the roof. Amen. You got to own mopping the floor and cleaning the toilet. You just can't get up and shout, we got a brand new house. You got to own everything else in there too, amen. And if you're disrespectful, just repent. That's how you fix that. Real quick, I repent. That's how you fix that, amen. I'm giving you the word, praise God, because I want manifestation. I want a church of manifestation. Amen, praise God. You got to own it all. Amen, praise God. I listen to everything he said, praise God. But I've been doing this a long time. 
We've been jumping and shouting over a whole lot of stuff, and that message will not work unless you own it all. You got to own love one another. You got to own being obedient. Amen. You got to own all of that if you want this to work. You can't say I'm going to own all the things that, that I pertain, I consider the blessing. You got to own all of it. Amen. You ready to go with this? Praise God. Because it is a good state. Ownership of faith. Faith, is, faith comes by hearing the word. Not part of it, all of it. So ownership of faith is owning it all. Amen. Praise God. If we're going to get up and say you're not going to be broke anymore, praise God, then you don't need to be in unforgiveness anymore. Right. Amen. 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 Say, because that's, that's all. You got to own that too. Come on now. Amen. Praise God. Everybody wants the blessing message. Well, that's, you know, praise God. Well, praise God. Thank God for that. Because some people ain't even got that. Some people don't even get that. Praise God. We want it all. Look over here at Romans chapter 8. And, um, Romans chapter 8 and um, verse, praise God. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8 and um, verse 14. It says right here, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Brother Hagin said a person that will allow the Spirit to lead them will always be a blessed person. Matter of fact, he said God will make them wealthy. That's what he said. Now, can you bear that in the word? Absolutely. Jesus, he's the top one. He's the wealthiest man in all of existence. Philippians chapter, I think it's two or three, said he's sitting at the highest seat of opulence and wealth, and he is a man, and he is super rich. All riches, all glory, all honor, all majesty, all dominion, all power and glory is his. All of it's his. Makes him, the, and all power in heaven and earth has been given unto him. So he's the owner of it all. But you are his joint heir. And you are his owner too. Amen. Ownership, faith. I was telling Pastor Cynthia like this. If you don't act like an owner, then you are not and I are not practicing ownership faith. I can't walk out there and act like that truck is not mine. It is mine. And I treat it that way. It's mine. I was telling Pastor Cynthia a good example was, I remember when um, my mother was raising the four of us, my two brothers and my sister, she was doing it by herself raising four children. And we didn't have a vehicle in those early days, so we had to ride the city bus. And I remember they slammed on the bus one day. Ice was on, on the road. They slammed the bus one day. My head hit the front of the, the bar. It used to be a bar there. And I hit, I hit my head on the front of the bar. I remember riding the city bus that day. I've never forgotten it. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, I had to go to the hospital and everything. But anyway, um, the, um, um, they came and we was at a friend of hers house. I always tell this story because I didn't act like an owner that day because I didn't know we were owners of a car. There was a car sitting out in front of the house and I thought it was her friend's, but they delivered the car to her friend's house and we got a ride over there to go pick it up. And mom didn't explain any of this. 
So everybody, my two brothers and sisters were jumping through the car. I said, we don't even have a car. I'm not jumping through their car. I'm not going to have a good time in their car. So I remember specifically standing on the porch next to her, and I'm watching my brothers and sisters with the car door open and going through the front seat, through the back seat. They was doing donuts around the car and everything. I just stood there on the porch just like this. I said, look at them celebrating over something that's not even theirs. I said, I'm not joining that. I said, I'm not joining that party. So I stood on the front porch. Then when they got through talking about mom and her friends, she said, Keith, let's go. I said, let's go where? She said, that car is ours. We're going to go home. I said, I could have been jumping in that car the whole time and having fun with everybody else the whole time. I said that to myself. I said, I could have been having a great time. But what I didn't know, I didn't know it was ours. And when you live in this earth and you live on this planet and you don't recognize what really belongs to you with ownership faith, you can have some tough days. You can have some tough days, don't know that healing belongs to you. Don't know that deliverance belongs to you. Don't know that everything God has belongs to you. Peace and joy, it belongs to you. Goodness and mercy all the days of your life belongs to you. It is yours. It belongs to you. And so that is the reason why you have to be a student of the word. These things are written so that you may know you have eternal life. So look over here, and then I want to go to Acts 20, and I think it's verse uh, Acts 20 and 20, uh, 22, 20 and 30. Acts 20, verse 30 after this. It says right here, it says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, verse 15, but ye have received the spirit of adoption been brought in the family of God. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Holy Ghost is trying to teach me God is my daddy. And that's a transaction for, that's a transition for a lot of people. You know, I remember when we had to, you know, when Dr. Jacobs first started his church, he had just come out of a teaching ministry. He was nobody's pastor. So when I got there, everybody was calling him Brother Mike. That's what they called him, Brother Mike. So I started calling him Brother Mike. And then I had to get a revelation. He ain't Brother Mike. He's my pastor. That's totally different. How you receive a person determines what you receive from them. He said if you receive a good, good man on the level of good man, a righteous man on the level of righteous man, but you receive a prophet on the level of prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. Well, there's a reward for the pastoral office and mantle. And so it had to be a shift in my thinking for, for years calling him Brother Mike to calling him not Pastor Jacobs. Because people want to belittle the pastoral office. Brother Mike, calling you by your first name and things like that. There's no honor in it. The whole, prob the whole problem with the church is getting it back in honor. That's the whole problem we're working with, trying to get it back in honor, get it in respect and honor, because without honor, faith don't work. Without honor, ownership, faith doesn't work, and that's over in, in John chapter 5, verse 43. How can you believe God if you honor men 
over the things of God. The things of men over the things of God. That's one of the revelations I received in honor because you've got to get your faith working. Disrespectful people cannot believe God for anything because even though they try the principles, I've seen people try the principles of confession, but they're disrespectful. And it don't work and it don't come to pass for them. There's a, there's, there's a lock on this thing that you have to do it according to the word of God. And if God told us the highest calling he has for us is to honor him and keep his commandment, I own honor too. Yes. Ownership faith owns honor too. Yes. And the Bible says you need to honor, respect people that minister to you. So he's not Brother Mike, he's Dr. Michael Jacobs. Yes. He's Pastor Jacobs, he's not Brother Mike. You have to practice honor. Yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. You shouldn't call, you know, some people, well, I want my children to call them, call them the same name, call me by my first name. Well, you're just training them to have dishonor. You can't go to the president and call, you know, and Joe. You're going to say President Biden or somebody's going to ask you to leave. I remember we were working at the Army Corps of Engineers, and when the general walked in, the commanding general walked in. There was somebody announced that he was coming through that door. Everybody in the room, just like this, we'd be sitting there, we'd have a meeting or whatever, we'd have a presentation for him. Everybody standing at their feet. I said, commanding general, president. Everybody would stand up. This guy sat next to me. He was so rebellious, never got promoted because he was stiff-necked, rebellious, obstinate, and refractory to leadership. You got to watch who you hang around. Because he told me, when the general comes through, I'm not standing up. Well, you're going to be sitting here by yourself. Because I don't even know why you're giving me this information. A lot of times people give you information because they don't want to be disrespectful by themselves. It's some information. I don't need to know what you're going to do. I already know what I'm going to do. When that man comes through that door and they're making that announcement, I'm going up like it's the resurrection. Because he's come through the, he comes through the ranks and he needs that honor. He's come through the ranks and you owe him that honor. He's come through those ranks. And I'm not sitting with you. The Bible said when you, when you see, when you get around ungodly people, disrespectful people, Psalms 1, don't walk with the sinner, don't, you know, sit with the sinner, stand in the way of the, the scorner or taking the uncounseled counsel of the ungodly. I knew that was ungodly counsel. You cannot let other people's dishonor be your influence. And you got to watch that in the church. It happens all the time. You got to watch it all the time. And I'm, I'm, but I'm going to be tight on it around here. You know why? Because I give my life to serve people. And I'm not going to pass a dishonorable, disrespectful, fornicating, non-tithing church. All those are signs of dishonor. I'm not going to spend my life like that with people like that. They're going to be very uncomfortable here until the point they just get up and walk out. And that's what they're doing. Keep walking because you cannot have a church that is in dishonor because a dishonorable church has no faith. And then when you get ready to draw on that church for projects and move forward, they can't move with you. How do you know that? I, I did it for 15 years. And they're all gone. And I can't fail. Why? Because I served my pastor with honor for 12 years. I own success in ministry. It's Luke chapter 16, verse 12. If you hadn't been faithful in another man's ministry, who's going to give you that which is your own? It is your own that causes you to excel 
and be promoted and move forward in life is not what somebody else is on, it's what you own. And God will help you if you're faithful and honorable and you serve people the right way. He will promote you. I own increase. I own success in ministry, and I know that. And I know the seed I sowed, and I know the kind of people that I'm supposed to pastor. They're going to be people of faith, people of wisdom, people that will stay with you. Amen. And people of courage. Why do you know that? Because when Pastor Diana prophesied over me, I said, I don't know why she covered the first 12 years in that prophecy about my life. God said, that's your seed. Galatians chapter 6. Whatsoever you sow, that's what you get. God will not be mocked. You own that kind of manifestation. But when you're pastoring and things like that, the devil will send you all the lots and the Ishmaels. That's what Abraham's life was what. With Lot, arguing with him out there in the middle of the field. Everything you got came from, came from Abraham. But you're going to stand out here and argue now because you done got a little blessing because you connected. Then he went out there. When he got on his own, came up butt naked last place. Whole family tore up and everything. That's what happened to him. Then here come Ishmael along. Ishmael can't stand your real children. Let me preach here a minute. He can't stand the ones that really honor you and love you. It bothers him. You got to get him out of the camp. You cannot move forward with him in the camp. And then finally, he comes Isaac. What does he do? He makes you laugh. His honor is a joy to be around. And that's how you pastor a church. You have to know that success is totally dependent on honor. The atmosphere of your honor. Don't ever try to do it any other way. Don't ever try to do it any way, other way. You got a business. You got disrespectful people in it. it it's not going to work. You're going to have to do the same thing I'm going to do. Praise God. Amen. Why? It, we talk about ownership, faith. You own that. How are you going to allow that to just sit right into your organization? You own this. Amen. And you got to be a good steward over it. It's tight, but it's right. Amen, and everybody like it right. Amen, praise God. Look what it says right here in chapter, verse 16. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit. Notice what's trying to happen. You're going to, this is very important right here. The Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now notice, most people can't function like a child of God unless the Holy Ghost produces that in them. The act and the response and the obedience of functioning like a child of God only comes by revelation of the Spirit. Not because you got baptized, not because you joined the church. It's because the Spirit of God is working on you. That's what makes you a good son or daughter, is the revelation of the Spirit in you. It does not come just because you, your name's on the church roll. It comes because the Spirit and your fellowship with Him produces a revelation in you that you are a child of God. And then at that moment, you start functioning like a owner. And ownership faith starts working on the inside of you. Because the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15 gives us an understanding. You can be right in the house and, think, and, and function like a servant, even though the owner of everything is your daddy. And you cannot, you can fail to partake of the blessing and the goodness of that place because I'm not functioning like a son of God. 
Amen. Or son of the father. So the Holy Spirit has to do that. And it says right here. And the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are what? And if children, let's go a little bit further, heirs of God, that means everything God owns is mine. Everything God owns is mine. And faith behavior causes a person to function that way in everything they do and how they live. Then it says right here, I'm not only an heir of God, I'm an heir of God and a joint heirs with Christ. That everything he owns, I own. Everything. So, I don't have a state of brokenness. I don't have a state of lack. All that has to happen now is that my ownership faith needs to start working to possess the things that belong to me. Amen. Now, I'm going to show you why ownership faith is a real doctrine right here in just a minute. And because when people say, well, I got a new doctrine, then I say, okay, wait a minute now. Now, we've been doing this a long time. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So I, it's, it's really not a new doctrine. It's another way of saying everything God has is yours. And it's, and it's another way of attaining to it and making it a tangible reality while I'm living down in this planet. That's what's really got to happen. That's why the statement is so important. That's why I'm taking time with it. It is an important statement. You need to think about, I am a owner of everything God owns. Amen. And the way I attain to it is practicing ownership faith. Okay, it says right here, and it says, a joint heir with Christ. And if we, be, if we, if we suffer with him, we may also be glorified together. The only suffering God asks us to make is changing us. Yeah. It's not being sick. It's not car wrecks. It's not going through trials and drama and things like that. Yeah. It's changing within myself. Yeah. And when you're dealing with people, the biggest challenge in their life is changing to line up to the word of God. That's the biggest challenge. It's not sickness and disease because why? You're the owner of healing. It's not lack because you're the owner of wealth. But when it comes to changing and living this honorable lifestyle, that's where it comes in. Suffering comes in that. Dale Tillett told me this years ago at Church on the Rock. He said, Keith, most people never change. They will live their whole life. She just gave a witness to that. You just need to be in church long enough. I've been doing this all my life. All my life. Most people never apply the word to themselves to change them. They're very quick to change everybody else. That's why Jesus put in the Bible, while you're trying to get the splinter out of your brother's eye, will you please get some help to remove the telephone pole that's in your own eye? That's in the Bible right there. Everybody else they all can easily talk about how somebody else, it's so easy to have that conversation if they did this, they would be on a better level. No, this ain't about that conversation. This is about the conversation that I need to make to myself. And this is, and people are so quick to talk about the adjustments that others need to make, they fail to make their own. Amen. Now let's look down here. Let's go to this um, passage of scripture here. 
Now, this is what I said, okay, God, I'm sitting here listening to this. And look over here in, Rome, in Acts chapter 20, verse 32. Um, Acts 20, verse 32. I can use different scriptures. You know why? Because the Bible is repetitive. God says a lot of things over and over again. And you got to get to the place where you have a word life so that your faith works all the time. You have a word life so that your faith works all the time. Amen. And this is what Paul was saying. I believe it's to the church of Ephesus. It was the last time he was going to see these uh, people. And, but this is what he said about the word of God. It says, now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Notice I'm commending you to the word of his grace. The word will be your inheritance and you didn't own it. I'm commending you to this word. Commit yourself to the word of God. And you have to have a steady diet of the word where the Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now, why would you want the word of Christ dwell in you richly? Is because you want to be skillful in what belongs to you. I remember one day I was coming back from walking and praying in the woods, and I had my fatigue on and stuff like that. I found out later that people saw me walking. They thought I lived in the woods. <laughs> they, they finally told me later on they thought I lived in the woods. I said, no. <laughs> well, anyway, this guy saw me coming. I got to my backyard. I come out of the woods, and my backyard backs up to the park. So I come out of the woods. I'm walking through my backyard, and this guy comes over to me. He wants to know why I'm in this neighborhood. And I'm standing in my backyard. I said, well, let me inform you that you're the real trespasser because this is where I live. I own this house. This is my property. You are the visitor right now, and I am the owner. You have to, you, <laughs> I'm trying to tell you something. The devil wants to treat you like a visitor. Right. He wants you to make you feel like, <laughs> he wants you to make you feel like it's nothing you own. Maybe God will give you something, right. maybe or maybe not. He, he does not want you to have ownership mentality. You're going to have to let the demons know that you are owner. Yes. They are not allowed to come in anything that pertains to you. Amen. That you are the stronger man here. Matter of fact, you own casting out strength. You own binding and casting out Holy Ghost strength. And then you can't come up in here and take residence. You can't take residence in nobody in the house. You can't take residence in our finances. You can't take residence in nothing here because we the owners. Amen. I'm with a stronger man. We the owners. Amen. And you have to act that way in everything you do. And let's go down here and look a little bit further at what it says here. I commend you to the word of his grace, which is a, the word of his grace, which is able to build you up, to build you to, up to what? To think like an owner. Anytime somebody sings the song and talk about how the devil's after them. Wait a minute. The Bible said, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Which you, own, which you are owner of the power of his mind. So we're not talking about the devil chasing us all day long and giving us a hard day. 
Now I'm going to give you one with the word of God. Amen. Praise God. He's terrified of you becoming owner. But you are. But you got to be built up to think that way. And the only thing that can build you up is the word of God to function like an owner. And to give you an inheritance. To give means to become. When you see to give, it means to, bec to become and function like an owner. Anytime you see the word give, that God says he uses the word give, you are an owner. You're functioning like an owner. When he says to give, when he gives something, he's not lending it to you. He's not letting you hold it for a day. He's not letting you borrow it. When he says give, it's yours. And I'm going to show you this in a minute. It means to function from that point on like the owner of what I just gave you. That's what it means to do, to function like an owner. So let's look at this right here. He says, and to give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. Amen. So an inheritance means I've become a possessor. I've become, I've, I have an owner. Now this is what we own right here. Let's go over here to what we own. Turn over here to John chapter 17. And so this is the scripture that came to me after I listened to that message. My mind always working. Amen. I'm always working the word. Amen. So let's look over here at um, John chapter 17 and, um, and to show us what we're the owners of. Now, look at, um, John chapter 17 and verse 14. Let's look at that one first. He says here, I have given them thy word. Amen. I've given them thy word. So when he says he's given us the word, when you look it up, it means that I have given them ownership of everything I said. When I've given them the word, the words I gave them, they are the owners of those words. It's going to be important in a minute, praise God. Because, because the words are not empty words. Come on, praise God. I just gave when I when I just made you the I just get I just made you the owner of a manifestation. Amen. I just made you an owner of a powerful manifestation. That's what I just made you the owner of. Amen. Praise God. He says, "I what I did." <laughs> Come on, it's going to be good in just a minute. <laughs> I got I to show you something. I just made them the owner of your word. So whatever they're reading, they're the owners of it because I gave it to them. And when you look the word up in the Greek, that, I, that means giving. When I give it to you, I can't take it back. That's why the Bible said the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. What I gave them, they got it there. Come on now. They, they load it down with manifestations. Amen. Praise God. 
There is, it belongs to them now, and nobody can take it from them. Nobody can change airship. Now, let me tell you something about airship. Ain't got time to go to Joshua because the children of Israel come out of bondage. They come into the promised land. And I, I don't know, it's probably around uh, Joshua chapter 7, 15. I got to go back and find it. But it was about half of the tribes didn't have their stuff. Even though the inheritance had been granted to them from heaven and Canaan land was theirs, half of the tribes were living without the stuff. They was happy being Abraham's seed. They was happy being the tribe of Israel. They were happy being the seed of Abraham, but they was living without their inheritance and they were content to do it. And Joshua came to this, how long are you going to be content? living without manifestations of your inheritance because you can get comfortable some places. We're not in bondage no more. We're not eating leeks no more. We're not making bricks without straw anymore. We're not living in the wilderness eating manna. We've come through the Jordan. we come through signs and what and make it's time to build your stuff. It's time to get your stuff. It's time to have houses you didn't build, vineyards that you didn't plant. The gold and silver is good, but just because they weren't, they weren't sick anymore, one wasn't feeble, one among them, they was happy with that. But God is not happy without the church walking in their inheritance. I commend you to the word of God that's going to build you up and give you an inheritance. So you got to be a word worker. And you can't just work the word that makes you shout. You got to work the word that makes you say ouch. <laughs> you got to work the ouch word too. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. He said, I've given them to them. They're the owners of it now. <laughs> Boy, this right here going to get you right here. This is the next one. Look what the next one says right here. Praise God forever. It says right here, um, verse, let's go down to verse 8. This is even better. You shout it over this one. Read 8 to yourself. This is a whole nother level right here. Chapter 17, verse 8. I have given them the word that you gave me. So the word that I was an owner over, I just gave them what I owned. And what I own is what you own because you gave it to me. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Substance, power, assets all have to be given. Job said, naked I came in and naked I'm going out. So that means every time he got something, how did he become the richest man in the land? God had to give it to him. Amen. I think it's 1 Chronicles 29. All riches and power and glory have to be given. Everything is given. You come in here with nothing. Amen. Praise God. Some, the first bottle in your mouth, somebody had to give it to you. It didn't even have to be your mama, but somebody had to give it to you. Amen. Praise God. And praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Your first Similac, your, your, first, your first baby food, somebody had to give you something. It might have been a parent, but they had to give it to you. Sometimes, you, sometimes <laughs> people act like parents are not givers. 
They act like, you know, they, they, you know, they don't have to be given. Parents can be great givers. They can be blessers in your family. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, everything they got was passed down. The blessing was passed down as an inheritance to them. Anointings work that way. Anointings work that way. The anointings on my life was passed to me. There's no such thing as being anointed without nobody. Now, some people try to act like that. That's when people come in here and act like they're so anointed, I want to know where you came from then. Because I didn't give it to you. Who gave it to you? And why are you not with them? You got to check that out. Because you had to find out what disconnect was there. Because whatever disconnect was there, the devil going to try to do it here. And I don't want to see creature feature too. Amen. So talk to me. Talk to me about this anointing. You so anointed. Why? Who imparted that to you? Who taught you that? And why are you not with him? You have to know everybody's spiritual lineage. Mine came from where I got trained up at. And I never broke fellowship or got in dishonor with where the impartations were coming from. So I walk in, I walk in California, out there in Temecula, and Dr. Dufresne looked at Dr. Jacobs and said, God, give this man everything I got. Give him everything I got. And laid hands on him. He said, Michael, don't you ever leave me. He only said that to him. I watched the relationship for 20 years. I watched all those that were with Dr. Dufresne when Dr. Jacobs started, and I saw who was there at the end, and all of them were gone. People have a trouble keeping their first state. He talked about the angels that left their first estate. They got deceived by Satan, and they left their place. People, people don't have a stick to itness. You can lose your inheritance not staying where God wants you. I watched what happened. He was the last one there. Now Pastor Nancy said, of all the men that followed my husband, Dr. Michael Jacobs has a stronger impartation of his anointing than anybody on this planet. Of the men that followed him. Praise God. And I was out there that night too in, in Temecula. He laid hands on him said, give him everything I have. And he turned around and I just, I'm there because I'm, I'm catching him. My pastor ain't falling on the ground. I'm catching him. And the next thing I know, his hand is on my head. And he said, and give it to him too. Because I'm a stick to it person. If I say I'm with you, I'm with you. Yes, amen. amen. Praise amen. God forever. Hallelujah. Because, because praise God, spiritual sons are part of this ownership faith too. You can't just do anything you want to, bounce all over town, things like that, and think ownership faith is going to work. That's why the body of Christ is in the kind of deal that it is now. I'm talking straight to you tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Of all the apostles that served under Jesus, which one was not martyred? Who said John? You're right. All the rest of them were martyred. Which apostle 
stayed with Jesus to the end? John. Who did Jesus give his mother to? So who heard him say, no man take my life, but I lay it down, and I'm able to take it up again? So when they tried to boil him in oil, he not only had the word, but he had the impartation because he watched him on the cross. What they done to you, you ought to be dead by now. But they can't take my life, I'm laying it down. And he, re he stayed long enough to realize that it's really true, you can't take a life. Because not only did he get the word, he got the impartation. He became the owner of it. So they couldn't kill him, so they took him out and put him on an aisle called Patmos. Just, just get him away from everybody. And he went out there and wrote the book of Revelations. <laughs> Who did Jesus trust? Who did Jesus trust with writing about his personal revelation of who he is? The one that stays with you the longest will always carry the greatest anointing. Anybody can pop from marriage to marriage, relationship to relationship, church to church, job to job. But staying with something and sticking it out when it's your purpose and destiny, that's the key to life. I remember Kenneth Copeland said, the number one pressure you're going to get in your life is from the enemy is that you don't fulfill God's plan for your life. That's, what you, that's the number one. Anybody can just go through this life, play church. Then when the real pressure comes, corona runs them down, shuts them down. We ain't running from nothing because we are the owner of no plague shall come nigh. You'll dwell it, and we're going to enforce it. Amen. Praise God. We're going to enforce it. We don't own of it. Amen. Now people have to do what they got to do. If I'm not skillful enough in what I own yet, and everybody else is jumping in and out of the car, but I'm sitting on the porch because I don't know it's mine. Then I better put that mask on, take every shot they told me to take. There's no need of me pretending I'm somewhere that I'm not. I got to get skillful in this. Now look what it says right here. So that's why we got to do a myriad of things. I'm not offended if somebody comes in and wear a mask. I'm not offended if somebody takes a shot. You do what you got to do. You got to live according to the faith you have. You feel like you got to stay home and watch it online, stay home and watch it online. But I'm saying right here, get in the word of God. Let it dwell in you richly. Let it build you up. Don't let the six of news at six and ten build you up. You'll never get it then. And listen, if something ever gets on you or somebody you know real heavy and you got to have a breakthrough, and they say that the shot won't work now, that's a real place. You're going to have to know what you own now. And grabbing your Bible at the last minute, and I've had people in this church get their healing, and, I've had them, and I had them get in the ground. I'd come over to the house, and because they haven't practiced healing, I'd go to the hospital, no word. Because they haven't they're not trained to get in the word. So when I go to the hospital, there's no Bible open, no word out. I mean, your body's under attack. 
and functioning of an owner of healing, they're not even trying to do it. When the rubber meets the road, it's real living now. I sit out and try to talk to him, get him in the word. It doesn't move me. I'm just a newspaper boy. I don't determine what I deliver. I just deliver what they tell me to deliver. And I report and the people decide. That's why they had to write in the Bible, whose report will you believe? Amen. Which one you going to believe when the pressure is on? We've had people in this church heal the cancer. And they came here and gave the testimonies. People in here stood with their family members that had cancer. Said, Pastor Rogan, they was listening to you. They knew how to stand on the word of God. Because I'm teaching you the word of God. Jesus gave it, Father gave it to Jesus. Jesus gave it to me. Now I'm giving it to you. And it'll work the same way for whoever gets the word. Amen. It'll work the same way if you work it. You can't be a person, never take a note, never write nothing down. You think you don't remember it all. No, you're not. When pressure comes on, the word won't. There's no word can come out of you that's not written in you. I don't function off memorization. I get the word in me. I delve into the word. So when, so when people are preaching, man, said, ownership, faith, I'm running, I'm going to this. Now, he may have had that in note because he said, I didn't even get it all out. A lot of times we don't even get everything out we're trying to preach. But you got to go home and take it. I went back home. I said, they did like the people of Berea in the book. I had to see if this was true. It's another way of getting people to use their faith, talking about ownership faith. It's another way of getting people to exercise their faith. Wait a minute, I, this belonged to me. I'm not going to get pushed off of this. I'm not going to get pushed off because I'm having pressure right now. I'm not going to get pushed off healing because somebody else got something. I'm not going to get pushed off this because I got a bad doctor's report. I own this. Let me get this right here. This is good. He said right here, he said, I have given them the words with an S on it, which thou gavest me. And they have received them. Now that's a big deal right there. They have received them, which means they took them. They took them. So that means when a situation comes up that a word he gave me is applicable to give me victory in a given situation. If that word comes up that he gave me to give me victory in that situation, I mean, I took it. Amen. That means I took it. If the word comes out of me that he gave me, that means I took it. Just because I'm present don't mean I took it. If the word comes up, that he gave me with his applicable to bring it up. Pastor Nash had to tell me, you got to keep saying, people have a mind to work on my project, on your project. So when it seems like delays are happening, I don't get up, you know what, it don't take me. No, people have a mind to work on my job. It don't mean I don't call, Bradford don't call, we do our due diligence to check on people and to make sure things are moving forward. But no, I have to keep using the word that was given me. Amen, praise God. I don't use the word of the news in 6 and 10. I don't own those words. I ain't trying to own those words. I'm owning by his stripes. You ain't trying to get healed, you already healed. That's what I'm owning. 
Amen. Let's look at this right here. He says here, he says, I have given them, for I have given them the words without gavest me, and they received them, and have known surely that I came out for thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. So they're believing they got a word from heaven. That's what they believe it. They got a word from heaven. Let's go over here and look at this other verse of scripture right here. This is what's really good right here, what I want to show you on this. Over here in John chapter 6. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Let's take a look at this. John chapter 6 and verse and um, verse verse 63. We'll take a look at that one. He says right here, it is the spirit that quickeneth or it brings the word into manifestation. It's the spirit that does that. Now, the spirit knows that it's his job to make your ownership a reality in the earth. I'm going to say that again. The Holy Spirit knows it is his job to make the word that you own through ownership faith a reality in the earth. It's the spirit that produces that and makes that happen. So I preach a word so that we don't grieve or quench the work of the Spirit. Because it's the Spirit that quickeneth. But, but, but the, the Spirit can be quenched, which means his work can be stopped. So I make sure I preach about the things that can stop it from happening. Because the devil can't stop it. The devil can't stop. The devil cannot stop the manifestation of the blessing in the life of a believer because you're the owner of it. And all the angels of God and your angels going to enforce what you own in the earth. Amen. They ready to go to work for you and get everything you own. They, they are your servants. Amen. Ministry sent forth to make sure they minister for you to make sure you get everything that belongs to you. They'll talk to people about your business deals. They'll talk to people about increasing your life because it's yours anyway. They'll talk to people about all kinds of things like that to get things to you. They work it. Angels work for increase because you're the heirs of things. Thinking about Jacob working down there for Laban. Laban trying to treat him, cheat him for 21 years. Changed his wages 10 times. I don't care how many times you change him. This boy is going to come out here with everything. Because the blessings on it. He's going to come out here with everything. And the whole spiritual realm get ready to help him do this. Amen. And the angel came and said, now let me show you how to work herding business with sheep and goat. Let me show you how to do this so yours produce better than anybody else in the land. That came out of heaven because he owned the blessing God blessed him with. Matter of fact, when his daddy blessed him, he said, I don't know who they got that blessing, but whoever he is is shown of blessed. I came here to tell you tonight, you shown of blessed. You ain't just blessed, you shown of blessed. 
Amen. Praise God. And the whole spirit realm ready to work with us. God ready for you to take his whole city. I'm just telling you that right there. He ready for you to be blessed. He, praise God. He's ready. He said from a small sea. Amen. You're part of that sea. So he's trying to get you mighty in everything you do. And it don't have nothing to do with what you do in the natural. It has everything to do with your ownership faith. You own more than you can see right now. You own more than you are touching right now. I'm going to praise God. Hallelujah. I got to get down to this word. You own more than you're experiencing right now because what you have is not defined unless it's defined by the word. They was living on the wrong side of Jordan. Y'all ain't supposed to be on this land. Talking about we want to take this right here. Y'all ain't supposed to be, y'all supposed to be on the other side of Jordan. <laughs> so I, you can't camp out on something that ain't yours. And the spirit has to bear witness with you. You see why you got to be a word in the spirit church? Because you're never going to figure it out with your intellect. You're never going to figure it out with your intellect. You're going to have to pray in the Holy Ghost more than you're praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. You're going to have to reach in there. He's talking about things that I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither entered into the heart of man. But God has already prepared them because you own them, but they got to be revealed to you by the Spirit. That's why when a person follows the Spirit, the Bible says, I'm going to make you a wealthy man. The sons of God are supposed to be led by the Spirit. They're supposed to be having a supernatural GPS on the inside of them, taking them to deals. I ain't got my time to rest wasting my time with the no people. God is taking me to the yes people. He's taking me to the doors that no man can shut. He's setting before me open doors, amen, and I'm walking through them. And, and praise God, he said, my yoke is easy. It's not going to be hard doing it with faith. Ownership faith, because it's yours anyway. And the whole spirit realm is behind your inheritance. When the children of Israel had, when they finally got up and started fighting for the land, God fought with them, taking the land. I'm thinking about the time Joshua was out there and prayed that the sun stand still. If it means you getting your stuff, the sun will have to stand still. If it means you getting your stuff, God threw hell from heaven, hitting people in the head with rocks because they weren't supposed to be on the land anyway. <laughs> you should have left a long time ago. You heard we were coming. <laughs> they was here, they were coming, praise God. They thought they could take what belonged to God and his people for their own. The devil would love to hold on to everything that belongs to you. Because the day you die, he said, come let us kill the heir so the stuff will be ours. And the number one way he does that, the way you stop true heirship, you never let them develop ownership faith. You let them play church, but never become word people because the word defines their inheritance. He said, I've given you the word. I ain't gave you nothing else. This is what God's going to give you. But it's loaded. <laughs> it's straight up loaded. I'm telling you, it's straight up loaded. Amen. <clears throat> now look what he says right here. I love this part. He said, it is a spirit that quickeneth the flesh profit of nothing. Most people try to get profit from the natural. Natural education, I'm not against education, get a good one. 
but be spiritual about it. Be spiritual about it. While you're learning, let the Spirit help you learn while you're learning. You learn the engineer, let the Holy Ghost help you. You learn about medicine, let the Holy Ghost help you with that. Whatever you're learning about, let the Holy Ghost help you in your profession because you're supposed to be led by the Spirit. He said, the flesh profit of nothing, the words that I'm giving you as an inheritance that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they produce life. So the words that I'm giving you are of the spirit realm. They function in that realm to bring manifestations into this realm. I always wonder why in, in, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, God said, I bless you with every spiritual blessing. He never put spiritual blessing on Abraham's blessing because Abraham was not born again, but we are. So now he's going to make us function in the spirit realm to practice ownership faith. The words I speak, they are spirit. And, the, and what they are filled with power to bring to pass exactly what that word says. But then it only works for a person that understands, wait a minute, I own this. So then I'm not asking God to give me nothing. God, please heal me. See, that's not ownership faith. I already own it. I'm not asking or making a request. The word ask has to be studied out in the Greek. It means making a demand for that which already is yours. So you got to let God show you land. Every place we've gone, he's shown us, okay, this is it right here. This is it right here. Every place, this is it. You got to listen to him show you. You got to listen to the spirit of God. There's a season where you can just go get a job. But you got to ask yourself, did I just do this because this was the thing to do right now because this is the level I'm on? But what do I really own? What do I really own? That's a spiritual revelation. That's a spiritual revelation. And it only comes in this. He said, my words are spirit and they are life. Let's look at this scripture right here. And um, let's look at this one over here in John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And um, and it's 803. This is my last scripture. Did you get some help from what I'm reading? The Bible said if a man wavers in faith to God, that's James chapter 1, I own that too. He said don't let that man think he'll receive anything from God by waver. Don't let that man think that he received anything from God. If you let the devil push you, he will push you. Think about Isaac. Every time he dug a well, the heathens would come and push him off of it. 
until finally he took a stand in his airship and ownership. He's an owner. He, was, he owned the whales they was pushing him off of. If you let the enemy push you off, he can push you off healing. I don't care if he got to bring you back from the dead. You have a right to long life. Ownership faith has to be covenant faith. It has to be covenant faith. I ain't got time for that story. Anyway, let's do this. Maybe another time. John chapter 10, verse 40. Believe thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me. The words. What's the words? The words he gave us. The words. That I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. So the words he gave me, it is the Father's will that I have these words. But it's the same words he gave him. And I'm the owner of those words. And, it, and as long as I use my faith, the Spirit of God's job is to take those words and bring them into manifestation. Now, that once you speak it, it starts working the moment you speak it. Once you speak it, it starts working the moment you speak it. My job now, I'm not quenching the spirit. I'm not grieving the one that I can't bring it to pass. I'm the owner of it, and it's got to come from the spirit realm into this realm. And the moment I speak it, he starts working on it, and the angels start working on it. Hold your place right here. And um, let me look at this right here. I'm going to give you this, and I've given it before, but I'm going to give it to you again. Uh, Isaiah 34, verse 16. Isaiah 34, verse 16. Let's read this real quick. It says, seek you out of the book of the Lord. What is he talking about, the words? It is my job to get in the word, amen, and start looking at what belongs to me. And a daily reading program will take you through the Bible in the year what Pastor Cynthia is doing. And it'll give you, and, and, and as we preach the word, you start building up stuff. Now see, now I, I had to realize, now I'm the owner of Jeremiah chapter 3 and 15 and 23 because I'm a pastor. So I, had to, I have to own that word that the anointing on my life is to bless you. I own that. Amen. I'm the owner of that, that people will multiply and increase if they allow me to teach them and give them understanding. And their days of lack will be over, their days of fear be over, and their days of disappointment will be over. I'm the owner of that mantle. Now, if I don't walk in that, then the church don't get it. Amen. Some people think, well, you just seem like he's there. No, I'm just being bold for you. I'm walking in my mantle for you. I, don't, I ain't not doing this for myself. I, ha, I have a great pastor. Every home I lived in was brand new. I didn't get a used house till I came here. That's why Dr. Dufresne walked in my office one day. He said, you know, you got a new house coming, don't you? What did he just do? He gave me a word. Amen. Praise God. I can use that in a whole lot of different ways. 
I can let you sow into the house and let Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, work in your life if I start the project. Amen. 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 Smart ones are sow into it. I ain't asking nobody to do nothing. I'm just laying it out there. Amen. I didn't get to use one until I came down here. It was a sacrifice. But it was a assignment on my life. I, and you don't have no choice to do it. You got to do it. Paul said, warn to me if I preach not the gospel. You die. You can die not doing what God told you to do. It can cost you your life. Preacher or not a preacher. He says, seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. Not one of these shall fail. None shall want for her mate. For my mouth it has commanded it. And my spirit it had what? So the spirit's job is to manifest. My words are spirit and they produce life. They produce eternal life. And so my job is to govern the realm of the spirit while I am a owner, bringing things to pass that's supposed to operate in my life. And faith is used to bring into existence what don't exist. If it, the Bible said if you already see it or if you already have it, you don't need faith no more for that. Faith brings things into existence that don't exist right now. It brings a state of abundant living. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundant. It causes these things to come into existence to produce a heaven on earth, you can say it that way. Now let's go back over here and look at this, and then I'm done. John chapter 14, verse 10. I'm the owner of the word. Why? Because he gave it to me. He said, I'm giving you these words for ownership. And then that's when I knew ownership faith was a real doctrine. And um, because the scriptures, you know, the scriptures just, when I listened to the messages, those scriptures were good ones. But I got I to do this for me. So I'm giving you what worked for me. Amen, praise God. He ain't your pastor anyway. I'm giving you what works for me. Not that you can't learn from him. You can learn from good ministers. You need to listen to good ministers. I'm not saying, you know, you know, and you, you know if you got, praise God, sometimes people came to talk to me, and I said, okay, let's fix that. You know, God don't heal everybody every time. No. I have to work on stuff like it because somebody listened to something. I told somebody, don't ever let somebody prophesy you if I'm not there. And they took the prophecy. The person told them, you're supposed to die this year. They said, we, they said, I saw you dead. Guess who get a phone call after that prophecy? <laughs> Pastor, I just got a, I thought, I, I thought we said all prophecy has to be judged. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 14. All of it has to be judged. So don't take one on the phone for somebody. I would never let that person get up and read a verse. How did you let them because you thought they were going to prophesy some brand new something in your life, didn't they? So now we got to cast out devils and all kinds of thoughts. I said, Pastor Cynthia, why don't you take his call? I'm, I'm, I'm going to do something else right now. You never let somebody tell you what God said without it being judged. That's why it has to be done in the public. Every prophecy that I've given you in this church was a judge prophecy. There's nothing in that prophetic book came out there in the parking lot. All of it, my man of God was there for all of it. And then any portion he wasn't there because it was, at, you know, it'd be Dr. Hatterball or somebody like that we trust. 
You can't let anybody just minister in your life. People come and say, well, I got a gift to operate in my life. Well, let's just hold off on that gift. Let's just see if you can serve. Let's just see if you can be pastored for at least one year successfully before we have you up prophesying. The Bible said, know them that labor among you and lay hands on no man suddenly. I own that in the operation of this church, and I'm not going to violate it for nobody, for the sake, for your safety. So now we get a phone call. Why? You let somebody speak in your life that had no right to speak. Praise God. Look down here a little bit further. It says right here, Believe thou that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, uh, James 14, John 14, 10. He says, I am in the Father, and the Father in me. The words, notice what he gives you, that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he does what? So not only am I the owner of the word, I'm also an owner of the word. I'm also an owner of the work to bring it into manifestation. So every word that's been spoken over this church, every word that comes out of this word of God. And I was, <laughs> Miss Norma put a post out. She said, Pastor Rogan just released the word that you're going to get jobs that you ain't qualified for. <laughs> she said, I just read her post. She put it on my page. So I read it. He said, Pastor Rogan just gave us a word, said God is giving you jobs you're not qualified for. And she said, well, I, I took that word. She took ownership. She said, I took ownership of the word, and now it's come into manifestation. And then she gave a testimony of it. That's why you, when you come to church, you're supposed to be like, say something. Say something. Say something so something can happen. I'm talking, I'm ministering so things can happen. God is going to give us his word. Then he's going to give us his spirit. Then the spirit is going to bring it to pass. You got father, that's the man that's, that's, that's commanded it. The Holy Spirit is manifesting it. And Jesus is the word that has become flesh. It's supposed to show up in your life. I, I, I was reading the other day, he said, not Joshua said, not one word has failed to come to pass of all the good things that God told us. Everything he told us from the day we were in bondage to this day now, we sitting up in houses that we didn't build. We sitting up in vineyards that we didn't plant. We sitting up here with gold and silver because God spoke it. And the Spirit brought it to pass. Not one word has failed of all the good things that he has said. So God is releasing words. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And I was going to do that. I was going to do that for honor month because I was in, because I gave y'all that word on houses, didn't I? I told you how it was going to come to pass, didn't I? And I gave that word on houses. And he said, Keith, if you use Philippians chapter 4 and give them the houses, he said, a lot of them believe for houses. He said, but we can do it supernaturally if you let them get in on what God told you in your office with Dr. Dufresne. Because it's coming to pass. It's coming to pass, pray, because I spoke it. He looked at me and said, you know you got a house coming. So I was down in Indiana at the meeting. He said, uh, he brought it up again. Pastor Nancy gave a word to Pastor Center. 
We're going to get in this building first and get all that done first. But I would have already talked about it. And Pastor said, oh, no, I don't want. Pastor, I was, I'm, tell, I'm going to bust her out right now. I said, Pastor, since you think we ought to tell them and announce it? She said, no, I don't want to be my business. See, pastors' wives are very careful because sometimes they get disrespected, not in this church, but yet in this church. And in and, and some of the traditional churches, it's really bad. They'll take the pastor and just toss the wife and the kids away. That's why I wanted nothing to do with taking a church over where they already had demon deacons, Bucket mouth mama board. I wanted nothing to do with that drama. I said I'll start from the ground up. And and govern the church correctly. And so when she said that, I just stopped. Because I had to respect what she's saying. But eventually I'm gonna have to give you an opportunity. That's why I said he said, because you don't take care of your pastor, the church won't increase. You got to own Philippians chapter. You got to own Philippians chapter four. You got to you got to help them. You got to cause them to flourish. I preached Philippians chapter four, 19, 10 through nineteen, so hard down in Indiana. Some of you all was there that night, and uh, y'all was there that night. And Pastor Nancy came back in the back. She said, Pastor Rogan, I'm gonna preach everything you just preached, but I'm not gonna give you any credit for it. She said, that message is not self-serving. That message helps bless the church. And I'm going to preach every word of it. But I'm not going to give you any credit for it. That's what she told me back in the back. Matter of fact, she told me that night, you could have just kept on preaching. But they asked me to take up the offering that night for her. We have to take care. We own that word, too, of taking care of. You got to own it all. You got to own it all of taking care of your men and women of God. If you want to see this thing grow up and the top pop off, become ownership for the whole thing, not for just the words that cause you to jump. Some of this stuff you own going to cause you to sit there and look a minute. It's going to cause you to repent. But I want it all. The, the correction that you own, the Bible said you ain't going to like it. It said, it already didn't say you, no baby in your house ever asked for a spanking. Not one time that you ever say, you know, I deserve this. I didn't. I ran from everything I could run from to the point of flat out running away. Yeah, because the ownership, that stuff I owned in there was too heavy that day. I told everybody, I'm out of here. By the evening, I was back home. Because I was missing the blessing. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to heaven.